0: Welcome to the Transatlantic Podcast, a conversation between two trans people across the pond from each other. I am Luxander, I'm a transmasculine person from America, and my dear co-host... <laughs> my name is Kat, I am a British trans woman, and we're back from the grave. Yeah, we went inactive for a little while, and uh, there are some, some reasons for that, including me being depressed, but also something that happened with Kat. So, would yeah. you like to share, Cat?
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, I can't. I can't pretend it's all because part of it was like, you, like obviously the mental illness stuff plays into it, and like Christmas was a thing that happened, and like, but the big thing, <laughs> um, I got hit by a bus a few weeks ago, and I should probably clear that up. Like, we released an episode like not long before that, and it sort of looked like we are going to get back into schedule, and then I, I fucked my head up. <laughs> Um basically I um so that my they play the door into my university lab requires me to have an access card. And I live an hour's walk away from my university. So I walked in. Um I didn't have my card. I walked all the way back, walked back there again, so it'd been like basically been like at two out two, three hours of walking at this point. I wasn't looking where I was going maybe as much as I should have. Um I turned to look at the traffic lights. Um I saw that the cars had stopped and I walked into the road and Someone screamed, and then I was on the floor. And, wow. And, yeah, I tried to get up. I thought I was cool. Everyone said, no, don't. And then I was being rushed into, like, an ambulance, and, like, my hands were tingling, and I was losing a lot of blood. And everyone tells me that I was, took it, made it look really nonchalant and that I <laughs> didn't uh, make it look like it wasn't a big deal, partly because I posted, like, an Instagram post after it, which is actually a fairly good selfie from <clears> the <throat> hospital bed. And... Uh, <laughs> partially because i just i just i don't know how to i guess i don't know how to react in a crisis so i just sort of play it down and tell everyone it's my fault which i did so now the bus driver's not going to get any comeuppance for that because i just tell the police it was all my fault but um i've been basically out of commission for a few weeks i was bleeding a lot i had i still have a bit of a concussion. Um, i couldn't really do anything without i couldn't like walk a bit without having to take a five hour nap for a while wow and like so yeah so i took some time off i'm i'm back now for the most part a bit dizzy a hematoma is gone there was a massive one eight stitches are out i've got a bit of a weird crevice in my back of my head but that might go we'll see we'll see um Um. yeah so thank you for still listening if you are um Sorry about that, that was a bit of an injury But we'll work through it now And please, this is a public service announcement Look where you're going Don't cross the street without looking Like everyone in my city does It Makes it really difficult for me To try and be a good person And change my ways after this Because they're all fucking doing it <laughs> And if you if you drive a bus Maybe don't swerve around the corners So quickly I just cause, Because people's Wise heads words. could get hurt yeah, I stopped yeah. traffic in Liverpool, um, Queen Square for about four hours, so that's a good achievement. Wow. Yeah. I, and bet I, bet got, um...
0: <laughs> I bet there were a lot of pissed off people.
1: Probably. I mean, the load of buses kept trying to drive past when I was literally lagging the floor bleeding. And, like, like honking at us like we were just, like, fucking having a party or something. Wow. Um, I also got, um, a nice article written about me in, um, oh, oh. What, in, in a local newspaper, and which was called um, Woman Hit by Bus in Creed Square. And that was literally just all the article said. It was, woman gets hit by bus in Creed Square, Liverpool. In Liverpool, today, a woman was hit by a bus. Did you hear? A woman was hit by a bus in Liverpool. Like, <laughs> I mean, thank you for acknowledging my gender several times in one article. Yeah. But, um, I mean, you could have had a bit more substance. I'm all around to interview. Let me plug my podcast with you. They didn't right. ask.
0: I mean, I, I guess... So so for the sake of the listeners, just really quick, I want to point out that this is the first time I'm hearing any of the details of this. I figured, <laughs> I figured we would wait and talk about it on the podcast. And uh, most of the time when I've been inquiring after you, it's mostly been like, how are you doing? And not like, tell me what happened to you. Yeah. And like, so so you, you, you just were exhausted from doing a lot of walking and just nonchalantly walked into the street directly in front of a bus.
1: Alright, there's a there's- little bit more to it than that. So there's, <laughs> in the crossing, there's a there's two sets of lights, and one of them has like the red light for the cars, and so the cars are all stopped. But apparently there's sort another of green lane, so the buses can go. Mm. But I didn't see this, and I just thought the, the cars stopped because that seemed reasonable. And so I walked out, and I felt the bus start to come into me, like like so. I, there's there's a bit of memory gap and memory loss, for, but like. In and around the actual impact, because mm-hmm. I landed on my skull, yeah, and um, and on the back of my head. Everything else is mainly fine, but like I had like a lot of bruising on my side, and my whole torso kind of ached. But like I walked out, and I felt the burst like press against my arm, and so I thought, oh, if I lean into it. Like the I guess the fucking Hulk in like the first Avengers movie, if I lean into it, I'll slow it down, and then we'll both stop together <laughs> and then I've real I've kept feeling it, and I was like I was like, actually, this isn't slowing down, and then I was just on the floor. apparently there's a, there was a huge dent in the bus, so if anyone asks um I won against the 10 A bus. <laughs> Um, and I think the only difference, the only reason that it's still going and I'm, and I had to take a couple of weeks off is because I had one health bar and the bus obviously has like multiple. I took (laughs) a whole health bar off that bus. So basically, like, I'm like low tier character against like Bayonetta. And like, I just, I think, I think it's something that we should all keep in mind is that I beat up a bus.
0: You you tried to tank a bus.
1: I did, I did. <laughs> oh no! I do play tank as well. I'm a diva main, so take that what you will.
0: Oh, was uh, well, hilarious.
1: Yeah, it's good.
0: I've... You know what's great is I just got Overwatch, uh, and Deegan got it a couple weeks ago, so I know who all the characters are. So I understood uh... what you said there.
1: <laughs> that was that's very good. I'm enjoying this. I like it when we understand each other's references. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just like Captain America, I understood that reference. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: that's happened Um, I'm alive we're both alive we've been trying to do another one for a bit now but obviously the crash got in the way and then we had some technical difficulties the other day and other stuff of that nature so
0: just everything good to be
1: back yeah
0: good to be back Um, yes
1: yeah and please for the people who I've noticed online like thank you for reaching out and being nice Um, I care about you too and we should hang out more and now now to the meat of the sandwich um
0: yeah so so we're ready to talk about the the topic today
1: i think we can get into the pastrami okay Pastrami's a meat right uh that is a meat
0: i believe okay yes.
1: good it was either a meat or a cheese so i was 50 50 oh. on that
0: I've just looked at the email for the first time in a little while, and there might actually be one in there. Um, but that's not uh. what we're talking about today. What we're talking <laughs> about today is basically I have a video scripted that I have yet to record. Well, I did record it, and it was a failure. Uh, so I have to do, redo it. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. So that is a video about oppression and privilege within the trans community. And ultimately, uh, I'm going to try to try to answer the question of whether trans women have male privilege, since that's such a common thing to see around on the internet, that trans women have male privilege, particularly in the radfem slash TERF circles. And, uh, it's something that I've thought about a lot for a long time, but uh, for Kat, I think this was a pretty new concept when I I asked uh, for input on the script because I figured Kat is a trans woman. Uh, she would, probably would be a, a reliable person to ask about this. Um, and But that was the first time it had really been brought to your attention, really, like, as something to think about as a trans-related thing, right?
1: Um, I wouldn't say it's the first one we've brought up, but I think it's one of these things that, like, you know when you're first, like, getting into this stuff, everyone has an opinion on it? Mm-hmm. I think for so long, my stance has sort of been in the back of my head and I only really guess vocalised it when we were talking. That I think it's um, not... An, I think for in a lot of discussions, it's not the right question to ask. Mm-hmm. So when it's being brought up, it's mainly being used to, like, f- people looking for a... Fi- pushing for a way to call trans women men. So it comes up in, like, discussions about privilege and stuff so you can debunk it and stuff there and like trans women don't have male privilege and all the female experiences are different and shit like that like but if i'm being but like if i think about it and i try and be objective instead of just like reacting passionately it is a bit more complicated than that and i feel like reading a lot of stuff on the internet about people well the way people react to this question i think people do react very viscerally to it and a lot of people basically they come into this this, this um, discussion, and they see something like, oh, trans women grow up with like male privilege and stuff like that. And they say, like, well, I had a like awful fucking time of it. Like, I grew up, I didn't feel like I'd benefit from any of it. I hated being referred to as a man. Everything that all the sort of aspects of privilege that we assign to like all the aspects of male privilege that people uh, point out to, like, actually disgusted me and things like that. And they use that to sort of argue against it. I mean, that's that's certainly some a facet of the conversation, but mm-hmm. I think in general, I cannot personally. If I really think about it, maybe a few, maybe like a year ago, I would have fought against this, but I did grow. Like, I didn't. I wasn't a particularly feminine guy. Besides the fact that like I had like long hair and shit periodically, like I could grow a beard eventually, and like you no know, and gave me. Shit. I grew quite large shoulders, and like. I I've been in places where I know I can think back and think of times where like I've mansplained and shit and like where people have taken me much seriously than female colleagues and like I think I undeniably had male privilege to an extent the difference is that you don't that you kind of give it up and lose it so to say that trans women have male privilege now is sort of a bit a bit silly Unless like you read, unless they're like you're making some disingenuous comment about non-passing trans women, in which case probably not true either, given the amount of shit non-passing trans women get, um, yeah. non-passing in scare quotes, I suppose there. But like most people seem to bring it up, they but th- it's brought up in a large part to basically say the trans women aren't women argument, and there's other better arguments t- there's other there's other ways to debunk that without going into whether or not you're privileged, because i think it's distracting question from whether trans women are women and i think that the way that black women experience privilege different than white women lower class from and upper class and things like that that's also a difference in privilege but it's also male privilege is a very distinct thing and i wanted to get that very clear because i don't want some fucking turf youtuber or whatever or like someone on Reddit it's like saying that like I don't think I ever had male privilege because i I I know I did and I'm sorry if other trans women don't feel like they did maybe you didn't but I know in my experience at least and I'm not a sociologist that it did happen and so ex- losing that experience and sort of real a lot of the, the um the socialization aspects of transitioning from male to female you do sort of, you do sort of see sexism sort of unfolding in front of you like the more you pass the more you experience it and stuff like that and i think that's really eye-opening and i think it's as much as i think most of the time it's not a question that the right question that people are i think when people bring it up sometimes it's not right the question they should be asking but i think once we get down to the brass tacks in like actual social issues it is important for me to acknowledge that. And I drumbled on for a bit, but I wanted to be clear about it. Yeah,
0: that's okay. So I'm gonna walk it back just a little bit. Um, oh god, I had like this thing that I had in my mind the entire time you were talking, and then as soon as it's my turn to talk, (laughs) I've been like listening and trying to make sure that I keep it in mind and everything. Um, okay, so while I, I think it's absolutely, like, not only understandable, but also, warranted for people who are trans, particularly trans women, to respond to the statement that that they have male privilege on a visceral level. I think that that's totally okay. And I also think that it is worth pointing out that most of the time when I I feel like when people bring up like the idea that trans women have male privilege, it's typically in combination with Discussing the ways in which they were socialized as male. And so, like, that's used as a tactic for silencing trans women who are, you know, being too outspoken or something like that. Like, oh, you're just bringing your, you know, male socialized, male privilege dominance into this women's space and speaking over us. Like, I feel like that's the sort of context in which this comes up, which is why it's such a charged subject in the first place. And then, and you're right that like ultimately, it ends up obscuring the more important aspects of it, and like ultimately, is a way of just throwing trans women back into the well. No, but you're actually a man, like type yeah. situation. Um, but like as something that you can look at sociologically, I think that it's it's an interesting thing to look at and think about as a a bigger question than just whether or not trans women have male privilege and uh you 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 said that you like apologize if that invalidates the experience of people who like like if your like your experience doesn't doesn't invalidate anyone else's um but like there are trans women who felt like they were women from a very young age um or like girls whatever sorry um yeah and then there are trans women who, like, didn't realize it until later. And so, like, maybe they felt like some kind of unease is generally. If I'm talking to yeah. a trans woman who didn't, like, know for for sure that they were trans before um, and, like, gender issues didn't become a thing until later in life, it was it's typically like, oh, I just kind of felt vaguely uncomfortable and didn't know exactly what it was.
1: Yeah, like me. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: like, that's like the most mild case of I knew I was trans before, you know. And, and so, like, but, and then there are people who, like, like Zinnia Jones, for example, who I, who I think may have described like depression being related to n- having dysphoria, but like, for the most part, was okay identifying as a boy during her childhood. And, so like that might be a person who you could point at and say like they experienced male privilege at one point but trans women as they exist by definition typically don't because the majority of trans women are presenting themselves as trans women. I would I yeah. would think I would think that the majority of people who identify as trans women are not still in the closet. Maybe I'm wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think that this is the thing, and you raise a good point, is that every trans story is different, and every transition story is different, so you can kind never of, to make a st- statement, like, trans women have male privilege, trans women don't, you have, like, and obviously, like, po- at a certain point during transition, you do give that up, that's just a, f- a thing that happens at a certain point, to passing, in quote-unquote, trans women, um, and trans women who are out, when, even when they're not passing, because it becomes a whole different thing, and a whole different set of prejudices are brought up against them, and they, you know, the privilege is pretty much gone at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, like if someone grows up and they like, and they transition, like when they're like when they're a child, when they're a teenager and stuff, they lose the sort of oppression they, they don't have the sort of the same sort of experience they would like being like an growing being like living as an adult male for a while and things like that. And I think like that's why I use it as my specific case. Like I don't speak for everyone, and I'm sure like if I had a transition when I was much younger. I wouldn't feel the same way because I really didn't experience the world that way and I sort of wasn't really taken seriously until you're older and things like that. And if I'd have been out, like, when I sort of had those feelings, I would have transitioned when I was a fucking kid Whenever I would realized what they were and then I wouldn't really experience that at all because, you know, kids experience they're very different from adults and you can't really factor that in so much. Yeah. Um, but, like, and then... But, so, this is all important. There's a lot of nuance to it. And I think what, I was trying to, what I'm trying to get at is, like, in in the intro like obviously it's a heated topic and all this stuff and all the stuff around it means that we do it does mix the message a bit and i think ultimately trans women have a different experience of privilege no matter how you do it anyway because of this because of dysphoria and things like that and it's not ultimately the same as, as cis men maybe but it's also for me it wasn't the same as cis women because i was passing as a man and things like that and i think if we're gonna have a a nuanced discussion about, like, feminism and privilege and intersectionality, this does feed into intersectionality and the different experience of different types of women. And I don't think that, like, just the fact that we experience privilege differently and that we experience oppression differently doesn't make our identities any less valid or our fights any less valid or our rights to enter a bathroom any less valid. And I think that's the point, is that people find it an excuse to hold on to and they really shove it down because they think, we found the sticking point, we found the point, the the argument which can debunk trans women and sort of send them back into the closet forever so we don't have to look at them. And I think if we lived in a perfect world where trans women were accepted, it'd be a lot easier and more logical, this conversation. But it's not. So emotions are on a high, and unless, until intersectionality becomes just something that all feminists accept we're going to be gonna th- me throwing this at us and this is potentially going to happen for a very very long time to come.
0: Yeah. So I think <sighs> so I, I want to acknowledge something that you said really quick. Um like, again, like I don't know if uh, the viewers, uh, listeners are familiar with the YouTuber Cat Black. Uh, she's not just a YouTuber, she's done a lot of other stuff, but uh that's primarily what I know her for. Um but she was a very feminine child and, and doesn't feel like she at any point had male privilege, so, and and then there's other examples of people like Janet Mock, for example, who is an author if people are not familiar with her, I think she has a talk show too now, um, but she, she identified as female from a very young age and had, like, hormones from a very young age, you know, like, she got surgeries of, of various kinds, like, I don't know specifically, but she, she got all of that shit finished when she was 18. So she never had male privilege. The, like so there Yeah,
1: and she got she got to editor of People People magazine without ever coming out as trans, so like entirely being seen as a cis woman, which is amazing.
0: Mhm. Yeah. So so there is there is some bite to to this conversation, which is why I I am I, <laughs> this is why I wrote a script and I'm <laughs> I feel like this is a space where we can acknowledge before we talk about it like this is a problematic thing and then speak to each other like, you know, I know that you're not a sociologist or like into sociology as much as I am, but like we can have that, we can bring out that nuance because like, you know, it, it's a question that maybe is deserving of a little bit of attention if it can in any way dispel the the sort of sentiment around the statement in the first place. So if yeah. I can if I can address it, you know, in this space or on my YouTube channel, which I th- I feel are both spaces where it's m- a little bit more okay to talk about subjects that may potentially be volatile in dialogue forms, like when you yeah. know w- when you're engaging in the discourse, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more removed. So
1: it is. It's one of these subjects that's based. It's like this pseudo transphobic boogeyman. that so like every time you hear the words coming out someone's mouth, you can. Bet ninety nine percent of the time it's going to be a transfer because they'll be trying to like put down trans people.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, outside of that space, you like you as a trans woman. Like, how, how old are you now? Twenty six. Twenty
1: six. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's such a. I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when... No, no, no. It's fine. It's just the way you asked it. It's like what you expect. I think you're going to expect me to say like 50 or something. Like, I'm well, sorry. I'm old. No, it's it's
0: more like I felt bad for not knowing.
1: <sighs> oh, no, because, it's fine.
0: Because like you're my friend and I feel like I should yeah. know how old you are. And like, I don't oh, know. it's fine. I, I don't know what the age of most of my friends are on the internet, to be honest. I forget
1: like my family's ages all the time. Don't worry. It's oh, fine. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's fair. Um, So at what age did you... Okay. At what age did you realize that you were trans? Like whether right. you like you had feelings before that, right? But at what point did you realize that you were trans? And like I definitely, tr-
1: this is a tricky question because it sort of comes in stages, right? Right. So if I go for ultimately where I knew I need I could transition. Well, I guess no. My question is more.
0: My question is more like when did you? I guess identify that your feelings that were icky were about your gender, like, right. you know, not ah. necessarily that you decided to transition, but, like, I'm trying to get a gauge, I guess, of how much of your life you spent with more or less, like, 100% okay. male privilege, like, before you knew at all that you sure. had this issue.
1: Well, I'll, I'll point to a couple of stages. So if I got to the point where, like, I literally, like, went on Reddit and I was like, oh, God, people, people, like, look, let me can transition, that's when I sort of realized, oh, my God, I am trans for definite. And I think I was, oh, this is a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was late teens. Like, I think, I think I was maybe, oh, maybe I was even in my early 20s. This is a hard thing to do. I think <laughs> I might have been somewhere between 19 and 20. Okay. And, um, but before that, like, I knew, I knew that I, I, I remember thinking like a few years before that watching a video um, on YouTube about, tra- like, trans women asking questions, and I thought, you know what? When I'm older, I'll do this. And I didn't even think that was a trans thought. I thought it was just a perfectly normal thing to think. You know, like, hmm. when I'm older and I'm single and no one cares about me, I'll I'll probably transition. And, and you were how old uh, then? Uh... Ooh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Probably around the same age. Late teens, I would say, is when it started to form. Um, early okay. 20s is when I really, really started, like, actually doing it and identifying as like gender queer and stuff and then eventually eventually identifying as trans a trans woman.
0: Okay. So yeah. so you you're basically you had a period of time where like you knew what you were feeling but like hadn't transitioned yet and like so maybe you were more aware of gendered interactions but like before yeah. then you you probably just kind of quietly benefited from because my point is like okay
1: yeah, right. If I'm being, if I'm being, if I want to, like, make that clear, I was living, like, even after that point, I was living as a, a man, and even, like, even if I was out to myself, like, I was living that and not really fighting anyone on it for, like, ages as well. Yeah,
0: so like, you were explicitly in the closet at that point.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay, okay.
0: fair. They're like, that's that's part of what I, I, like, that is the one time I feel that yeah. it's accurate to say that trans women have male privilege is if you have acknowledged it you've identified it and you know that you're a woman but you are still viewed as male by society and so like it doesn't matter how you identify because whether you have privilege or whether you are being oppressed doesn't have to do with what you're feeling it has to do with what people view as it's kind of like uh it doesn't matter if you're uh, like, you know, a, an eighth Native American. If you're white passing, nobody is going to mistreat you based on the fact that you're Native American. Like, you know, I, it, it's just like one of those things that it depends on how other people see you. And that is one of the, you know, one of the arguments that I see against this is that, you know, if trans women are women, They can't be experiencing male privilege. Well, I'm saying that it doesn't have anything to do with how she identifies. I'm saying it has to do with how the people around her are going to treat her. And so that becomes interesting to me because of my interpersonal interactions on a daily basis. Because I'm relatively gender ambiguous, especially like I stopped taking tea, you know, like more than six months ago now. And my face is definitely more petite again. And even though my voice is rather low, I'll have people tell me that I have like a voice that sounds like uh, this one guy, he had like, he had a word for it, but I don't remember what it was. Um, but basically, it's, it's a word used to describe like what an older woman's voice sounds like when she's been smoking Husky. cigarettes her whole life. Yeah. No, it's, a, it's like a particular southernism. It almost sounded like of a right. woman who has smoked cigarettes her whole life and has a certain sound. So like people will see me and hear the voice and think like I have a fucked up voice um, or, like, they'll just think that I'm a rather petite man. So, like, I interact with the world, and like, for, uh, disclosure, I guess, uh, my interactions in, in this, in these circumstances are usually at work with, like, I work at a gas station, so it's, like, also a convenience store, and people come in at, you know, all day. I deal with hundreds of people a day, and I will get gendered differently throughout the day. sometimes one person after another, it will be different. So like I'm coming at this from a perspective of what have I observed? And what I've observed is that it doesn't matter that I never actually identified as a woman. Like I identified as gender queer before the time at which I would have started identifying as a woman. I was like 15, like 14, 15. So I was like, okay, I'm a girl. I can comfortably say that I was a girl growing up, but then, I was definitely never a woman, but up until the point that I started taking testosterone and even still sometimes now, like, the world viewed me as a woman, and so I have close feelings of, like, companionship with women when it comes to social issues because I was treated like a woman, and so it's like, it would be nonsensical of me to say I've never been... I've never had any misogyny directed towards me. It's not possible because I'm not a woman. And like, so it seems to me to be equally silly to say, well, I'm, you know, I'm a trans woman. I've never had male privilege. It's not possible that anyone could have given me a benefit that I didn't deserve because, like, because it doesn't have anything to do with how you identify. That's my whole thesis on this subject is that privilege and oppression are things levied against you based on how you look, and, like, trans people experience a range of different, like, I have experienced homophobia, even though I'm not a gay man, I've experienced, uh, like, a different kind of homophobia in that I've been called slurs for lesbians, uh, I've had people think that I'm a trans woman, and, you know, like, it, I have a person at work who won't, like, who, like, a customer who will not speak to me because he thought that I was hitting on him one time and he perceives me as male. Like, so I have all these different experiences. And I, so I find this question more interesting. And I guess I am allowed to be a little bit more detached from it because it's not primarily like, the talking point isn't primarily used to invalidate my gender.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the, the thing is that I think you're right, because there's so much nuance to this question and just we- no one ever gives enough time to really discuss it. And like, we can't really, in a space where we're currently, where trans women are constantly- like, gender is constantly being questioned, we can't have a nuanced discussion it sort of needs, which is why intersectional feminism is something I brought up and I think is important in this. Obviously, like, you have your own set of problems once, you've, once you're out and stuff to yourself and you're still being presented as, like, given, like, being treated as a man. Like, you're not experiencing sexism for p- passing as a woman, but maybe you get some distress or whatever. But that's separate from the whole privilege thing. Um, I, think it's, I think it was interesting, you were talking about, like, um, being, like, sort of feeling solidarity with women and stuff, like, for experiencing sexism, because, like, Rhea Butcher was saying a very similar thing on um, query. You know, the podcast um, by Cameron Esposito who's um, Rhea Butcher's wife and Rhea Butcher I believe is non-binary, as I believe, I'm pretty damn sure. Um, I'm and unfamiliar this, with this, just yeah. for the record. <laughs> okay, they're two comedians and they're married um, um, so but they were talking about this because um, Cameron Esposito is saying that she's pretty much, she leans into in towards non-binary herself and Rhea Butcher is non-binary but they still sort of like identify with women and really like they play up the lesbian logo because they've really sort of been painted with this brush and they've been given so much sexism for a while that it's really hard even like acknowledging when they're non-binary to like really get away from that which i think is interesting and also sort of kind of an interesting question about like how your identity defines you and stuff and like letting the world dictate how you see yourself which is kind of a discussion for another day i guess um another thing that i thought was interesting given what you are saying at the beginning, I wrote this down so i remember, um, is <laughs> with being perceived a certain way and being treated a certain way, no matter how you identify, right? Um, this goes back to passing and stuff, which is a thing we talked about again and will probably come up at some point again, because it will inevitably like, lead into a lot of these discussions, despite having been a very murky area and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so like, there are cis women who pass as male just regularly, or, like especially like a lot of butch cis lesbians and you go online you can see discussions about them being called like sir and stuff and
0: um, and being harassed in states where there are now anti-trans bathroom laws
1: yeah and being kicked out of bathrooms and like sometimes they might experience like what some women might call male privilege I mean it's a different thing and someone this is a point at which I would be happy for people to argue with me about because I think it's probably my most flimsy point yet but given the way that this discussion is going I can't fault my logic here right now I might be able to argue against myself in a bit but you can experience that as a cis woman if you are if people perceive you as a man and you know there were there were trans people in the like Edward in like the Victorian times who like before like testosterone was fully available and like trans men who did like pass as men and stuff and came across like this and no one was and they experienced male privilege despite medically transitioning and things like that. It is a f- more of a fluid thing, and I think maybe the fact, maybe us calling it male privilege is part of the reason the conversation gets a bit heated, um, but there's not really but a better
0: word I, for that's it. That's what it is, though. Like exactly, we're discussing yeah. this particular axis of the way that people are treated, and like, y- y- like okay, I recently saw this thing, and I, f- I hope that it's one of those things where you see it, and you're like, okay, flimsy. I'm not gonna look it up. I hope it's true. Um, about, like, two female pirates who both pretended to be men. Oh, that's and... totally a thing. Is really? It's real? Yeah, okay, so yeah. Do you know the actual story? Because if you Mary, tell it better. Mary
1: Reed and, and Bonnie, I think. I can't remember exactly. Yeah,
0: but... but they, like, they both posed as men and fell in love with each other, and one of them, uh, like, exposed herself as a woman and was like, I'm in love with you, and then the other one was like, also, I am a woman, But then they decided to just go ahead and be in a relationship and continue being fucking badass pirates. And they would, like, they would assault a place and, like, kill the people and flash their breasts to the men so that they would know that it was a woman and not a man who was killing them. So, like, (laughs) there are these historical figures who are cisgender women. Who have passed as male and gained male privilege in that they were able to get to a point where they were captaining their own ships? If I'm remembering that right. Oh yeah, yeah. Like so that is that is a thing that I that I think is legitimate to bring into the discussion.
1: Yeah, and the world did change them when they came out as well. I'm pretty sure that Mary Reed died in childbirth and stuff like that, like at the hands of like she had a she had a baby with one of the with another captain or something like that. So. Once the, her she was exposed, sort of, like, lived as a woman again, she could sort of get all the, all the other stuff back. Um, but no, yeah. it's a, it is... A, yeah, I don't know. Like, I was just... As I was saying, I knew that was a silly thing to say. Like, I don't think there's a better word for it. But as long as that is the best word for it, these discussions are going to happen. And if we can get a conversation in which transphobes are not involved, I think we can have a really interesting and nuanced discussion about this with yeah. intersectional feminists and I think us as trans people maybe we don't have enough outside perspective to really get down and dirty with it and I think especially as two white trans people um Yeah. We don't, yeah we're not intersectional enough to really get all the nuance of this because privilege is different for different races too like the privilege that like a cis man gets compared to a black man are different I mean they both experience male privilege but in
0: different ways and man this is fascinating i'm so glad that i'm sorry i said man uh i i'm so glad that you brought that up because i have been thinking about this
1: similar um you just popped back up there at the end so i didn't hear most of what you said but i'm sure it was very interesting
0: okay and then you cut out in the middle of talking so okay
1: yeah
0: Uh, it's okay (laughs) i will repeat um
1: Oh, it's a really interesting. Oh,
0: no. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, have I cut out? A... No, I just I just paused because I was trying to think of a good place to start that might be a good right. edit point. I'm like, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's a really interesting thing to bring up that that gender is different in different like ethnic groups, um, and that like privilege and oppression work differently in like within those groups, particularly. Amongst people of color, I've noticed that there is actually a lot of respect for women. Like women have a lot of power among like people of color. And like I'll I'll give just a one kind of random example. Um I have a coworker, her name is Susan. I believe that she is mixed race, Native and Latina, and she is a mama of two and there was like She keeps telling this story that she finds so amusing. I was not at the store, but it basically involved, like, a young man who, from her description, I believe to be a young black man, came up and was, like, uh, basically, like, give me some of those diamond swishers. And she was, like, who are you talking to? And he was immediately, like, I'm so sorry. Like, so, (laughs) it's it's interesting to me that, like, within, like, this, like, dynamic within people of color that like an older woman of color who who will like and Susan is like married to a black man so like she kind of has that culture like relation to that as well um sure. so like i i just find that fascinating and, and like the di- so the dynamics can change if you are like a young black man and you end up like later in life being like, a black woman, black women have this kind of weird respect that they get from black men that, like, and I'm saying this, like, in isolation from the patriarchy and, like, or the, the white supremacist society that we live in, like, aside from all the interactions that change with white people, like, it's just fascinating how the dynamic could be different just within your own culture as a person of color and that's definitely a discussion that i would be interested in like hearing other people talk about like if it is different and also it's different like if you're attractive you know if, if you if you are cispassing passing and attractive or what you know those kind of things change how people interact with you too so yeah. i don't know i was about to say now. we can't
1: we, like there's only a certain amount we can say about the race stuff because obviously like we could be wrong about all this stuff and things, and we're, we're not directly... We're not... Neither of us, are, as far as we know, <laughs> um,
0: any, like, anything yeah. but white right now. So, like, The only thing ca- is that, like, I grew up around a lot of... Like, I had a lot of black friends growing up because I lived in a heavily minority like area like i i lived in one of those places where they have metal detectors already when you're in yeah. middle school because it's a lot of black students and black students have been profiled like that for years white people stop getting your fucking panties in a tangle over the fact that there's a possibility that your white schools might get metal detectors soon jesus that's a topic for another yeah, time
1: that's <laughs> fucking nuts but yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't dare like speak for speak for black or asian people or anything like that but like, yeah yeah i of do course. Th- i i do think like the, the, like it is a much more in nuanced discussion than we than anyone gives it credit for, and I guess this is a thing when you're talking about social interactions and the way people grow up. Is it's endlessly complicated. And the more you look in, the more layers there are, and the more that unfolds, and it's like a fucking fractal. You keep yeah. going, and just the fold, there's more folds, and more folds, and more folds, and you get in microscope, and there's little bits underneath.
0: But it's fascinating. Like, it that's is. what gets me about, it's like, it's a mixture of, like, sociology and psychology that just drives me to be super interested in human beings and the, the way that we yeah. interact with each other.
1: Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Because, like, cause maybe we look at these things and we really want to boil them down to simple concepts they are easy to digest. And it's, and that's especially in, especially good, like, because this is a topic that comes up with feminism. It's especially good when you're trying to explain feminism to a layman or something like that. You want to be able to explain the basic concepts in a way that doesn't, like, delve deeper and deeper or deeper into the rabbit hole. But if you really want to get down to it, like people are going around and taking this simplistic idea and throwing it around as if it's fucking gospel and there is a lot of, there's a lot to it and it's not false and it is, and male privilege is a thing that already happens and some trans women do experience it and it's like, but it's, people don't give it, people don't give any of these topics the breathing room that they need, I think, and that's a, that's, I think that says a lot of the, that's a lot of the reason why people misunderstand feminism in general, I think is because they hear some sort of basic concepts they find a point to disagree into that and they read a lot, a lot into the tiny detail they've heard and they expand this straw man they've made into this fantastic web of bullshit and then they decide that this is what they disagree with when really if they sort of took the time to actually read the sources that they're supposedly quoting they probably find they agreed with most of
0: it are you throwing shade about a specific subject right now? Or are you just saying that, like, are you just talking about people being reactionary about the trans women having male privilege thing?
1: Um, that and also the people um, that just get up in arms about feminism for no reason. Just, like, that. there are a lot of people that are very reactionary about anything you hear the word feminism and they go fucking up in arms. Like when the Unitas Sarkeesian and stuff broke out and everyone was just like, oh, video games can't be sexist. Look, this guy's his top off. And it's like, listen... Just listen for a minute. There's a bit more to it than that. And if you listen, maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll disagree. That's fine. But, like, don't... If your reaction... And this actually comes back to the beginning, where I've seen that a lot of trans people, trans women have, like, a visceral reaction to this. If you feel yourself having a visceral reaction to it, instead of listening, a lot of the time you will not have a logical response to it. But at the same time, like, there are TERFs that come up there and they throw this line out, and they shout down trans women, and they expect the, the fact that they've said male privilege to basically like walk all trans people out of the room and back into the closet. And I think that with, because of that, there's a good reason for trans women to be cautious and maybe be reactionary, as much as I sort of promote a much more like calm discourse at this point, because I don't think we actually benefit from angry rants at each other. I think at yeah. a certain point it's entertaining. But like if we can't agree if you can't like discuss things like discuss the facts, then we've then we've reached the point where there's no point of having a discussion
0: anymore. Yeah. You said something in there that I thought was really good and I had a good thing to bounce back off of it and now I don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Uh I guess yeah, people people are just going to be there's always going to be a reactionary response to something that is said with the intent of riling you, which is the thing about this, and I guess, like, to an extent, it's not a question worth answering because of how much it distracts from the issues, because it's only being used as a rhetoric, like, specifically to make, like you're saying, like, a way of Making trans women be quiet and and no longer part of the conversation. Um, now I remember what I was going to say. So I think it's interesting that you point that out uh, because it's absolutely true. Like cis feminists will use this whole like will, will you have male privilege thing or you have male social so- so- you have male socialization thing against trans women to try to get them to not be part of the conversation, and then in other instances. I and other transmasculine people, like, not even trans men, but non-binary people will be talking about how they don't feel like they even are allowed to have their experiences be talked about because they get told that they—because they now have male privilege, even if they don't have it, like, in their— uh, Meat space life, if even if it's only online that people are perceiving them as male, but like they're speaking over the experiences of other people, so like there's this huge slew of AFABs who feel like they just cannot talk about their experiences as they've related to misogyny because, oh, well, you're you know, you have male privilege now, so you don't have a voice in this. Like, whereas I think it's more interesting to acknowledge that trans women and trans men and non-binary people, but, like, everybody has, like, everybody who's trans has experienced some range of gender and experienced some range of privilege and oppression. You know, if you started really young, then that's one thing, but, like, for a lot of people, like, there's still some degree of having different people view you differently and therefore treat you differently on the basis of specifically your gender so I just find that really interesting that it can be levied against both groups
1: yeah I, I agree know. with you I what I was going to say I was going to bring this up because especially with the non-binary thing I think it's important to ask you like what are your experience specifically like since like sort of transitioning like because I know that you said before you sort of passed as like Male, female, a trans woman, a trans man, like every point in your life, people see you as something different, basically, and that how that sort of affected the way you view this. If you can talk about that,
0: well, that's kind of the meat of of where, like, the, the my personal experience is like where all of my most interesting thoughts on this come from, because like when I when I was giving out examples earlier, that's not like throughout the years, although I I guess it's been a while since someone called me a dyke. Um, It's like a daily experience of, like, I see this homophobic customer every day, and he will deliberately avoid my line, or will just not speak to me very much at all during our transaction, and like, he proactively talks to other people that I work with, like every other person except for me, so like, that's an almost daily thing. Where I'm experiencing homophobia even though I'm not a gay man. I have like this person who is like doing everything they can to not talk to me. And as far as he's concerned, you're a gay man and that's it. Yeah, as far as he's concerned, I'm a gay and I like tried to hit on him and I want to get in his pants and so he is just like no longer comfortable speaking to me. I don't know. But like I'm sure he's very attractive. Oh god, it's the- mm, no. (laughs) He's annoying, and, like, the reason that he thinks that I was flirting with him is because I know that he annoys everyone, like, and he deliberately is, like, loud and obnoxious, and there was, like, one- like, a couple of times where he was, you know, trying to banter with other people, and they're, like, annoyed, and so I was, like, proactively, like, getting- like, responding to his jokes even though he, they weren't necessarily directed at me because I was trying to, like, deflect attention, I, like, in a way. Because I just know that this person is fucking annoying, and he took that as me trying to flirt with him. And, <laughs> like, it, so it's obnoxious. So, yeah, my, my personal experience, heavy, like, heavily weighs into this. Um, Like, I started passing as male, like, I started being able to pass as male consistently at, like, ten months on T, which is when I got hired... At the post office, and I was one hundred percent stealth at that job. So, like, I, I, you know, I experienced other kinds of discrimination at that job that had more to do with my disability. But like, there was, I think, I think that everyone gives a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt in terms of like, oh, this person is going to work out long term uh, if you are carrying mail and you are like not a woman. <laughs> Because yeah. it's it's just a very male-dominated, like, thing. It's very physical. I don't know. It's, it's a weird, like, boys' club kind of thing. But, like, yeah. My, my experiences now are that, like, sometimes people will start to make borderline creepy remarks uh, in, a, in a misogynistic kind of way. And, you know, I'll have to, like, curtail that. And, and like, so I, I deal with that on a now basis. And then on the same day... I'll have someone definitely like come to me and ask me instead of like my female coworker how to solve a problem, you know? Yeah. It it so yeah. My my personal experience is that like like that is that is that's why I'm so adamant that it has nothing to do with who you are because I'm non-binary and the only kind of like discrimination that you can have in that way is for people to just be like, I don't know what you are or to call you it or something like that. So like it, I don't actually experience non-binary oppression very often. I experience binary gendered oppression, which is a weird thing in and of itself. I can't believe I just said that. That's such a weird... Wow.
1: I mean, (laughs) the sad thing is, like, once people are more aware of non-binary people, it's going to be a thing that starts popping up, really, and then that's going to be a new thing we have to deal with.
0: Well, online, certainly, yeah. And, like, there's a possibility that people see me as gender ambiguous and, like, are cold to me during our interactions. Like, I sometimes have people who just are cold to me, and I'm like, I don't know if it's just because this is how they are or if it's because they think i'm a fag or like you know like i don't know what the thing is exactly but there are just sometimes people who i suspect might be treating me differently because of something that they perceive about me but it's not something i can pin down
1: yeah it's complicated
0: (laughs) yeah it is i think i need to get out of customer service
1: Maybe you do, I need, I found, I found it exhausting to be honest, kudos to you for managing to do it. I can't. I, I, can't. I, I just tough. can't do it. Yeah. Especially as someone who does suffer some, from, from a fair amount of social anxiety, it's just something like, ugh, no. I, like, I avoid like shops that don't have self checkouts, like I really yeah. do. And I think that's pretty <laughs> reasonable.
0: <laughs> In my personal life, I'm very much the same. Like when I'm at work, it's basically just like I, I, the social anxiety has to get turned off, and it's yeah. just exchanged for a generalized anxiety about being at work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but all the social stuff gets a lot easier.
1: We just need to get people to contribute more to your Patreon so we can just... <laughs> I,
0: I have to actually, wow. like, work more, though. That's the yeah. thing.
1: That's <laughs> the problem. Uh, There's always something, isn't it? Maybe now that we've
0: recorded this podcast, I'll get off my ass and like record (laughs) my video tomorrow morning so that the podcast doesn't come out before my video.
1: That was, I mean, that's probably a good idea. I can leave it a little bit if you want to, to release it.
0: Yeah, I'm not that worried about it. Like, I'm sure that the overlap is relatively small and it's whatever.
1: (laughs) Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Um, It'll be more
0: put together in the video anyway.
1: Yeah. 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 So I think next week is next time
0: is like the 25th.
1: One? Like I don't know if that's we need to is it the twenty fifth one next? I think it is.
0: I don't know what number we're on. What number are we on? I think
1: we're on twenty four. So I don't know if we need to like
0: act like it's a big big deal or something. We might act like it's a big deal when we get to like fifty.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah,
0: we're recording episode twenty four currently.
1: Yeah, cool. So we'll probably just watch a movie or something.
0: yeah we can review (laughs) a movie i i really need to see black panther i haven't yet i really need to i'm seeing it tomorrow i was gonna see it on sunday but then i didn't follow up with dean about it so it didn't end up happening sunday was yesterday what's wrong with me
1: i've heard (sighs) it's worth it yeah (laughs) i've heard it's worth a go i i hear good things and i am also a big marvel fan so
0: but i've never really read black panther so i just want to contribute to its box office success like that's why i want to see it in theaters
1: I want them to make more Marvel movies that aren't about a, white, a straight white dude. That's yeah, what I want. Real. And then I'm hoping that then it goes back to the comics creators who just literally cancelled all the series that aren't about a straight white dude. And they can bring back all the books that I like that they just cancelled. Marvel. Shade Marvel. on you. I mean, I will read everything. It looks like it's going to be a really good year for you. And it looks like everything's going to be really interesting. But I also hate you for what you did to all my favourite characters. And if you get rid of- if you get rid of Laura's Wolverine and put Logan back, I'm gonna just cry. I will cry. And I love Logan. I think he's a great character, but... But Laura an all-new Wolverine and... <laughs> I'm already gonna have to, look, this is a very niche conversation, no one cares about this. But I'm already, like, salty that Hawkeye got cancelled. And fucking Jane Foster's Thor run's gonna come to an end. And it's like... I just wanna see more representation. Like, in the mediums that I love. And as soon when you when you get a jumping-on point for people like that, you give more, like, women and POC characters in, and then you just, like, get them all away, it does sort of give the message that you're not welcome anymore.
0: And yeah, I think it's like, that's oh, we problem. tried this out for a while.
1: Yeah, obviously you don't want to read us. Well, we don't want you. It's like, I did. I bought them. Yeah. I've got a lot of the Thor comics now, and they're all the ones with Jane Foster. <laughs> Listen to me.
0: You tried ah. to vote with your dollar.
1: I did. Never mind. Uh, so, yeah. I, I'm, uh, maybe I should, I should just, like, start a vlogging channel, because like, all this stuff I talk about, and I say the same things to a bunch of people, and it's all the same shit. Maybe if I'm in an official capacity, I'd actually like it out my system.
0: Yeah, like, just get a finished product out there so that you feel like you can stop fucking talking about whatever it is.
1: Exactly. All right. Coming soon, my YouTube channel. I'll tell you when it happens, if it does. It might. It probably will, because I've been thinking about it for a long time. But so just talk be about terrible. comics. Right. I could. People don't read comic, watch comic videos. I do, but no one else does.
0: <laughs> I mean, I am subscribed to several channels that talk about comics. Like I don't necessarily watch those, but obviously there's a market. Or the like, if it, if it's a big channel and they're bothering to still do it, then they're still getting enough money doing it that it's worth doing.
1: That's true. I'll take that on board. I need to talk about it. I think someone's gonna someone's gonna watch it and they're gonna get a lot of hate speech and maybe the reaction to my shitstorm videos will earn me um, a place in YouTube land. I don't know. Anyway. And I'll just
0: hit a ride right on your fame.
1: Exactly. Even though you, like, I had a channel before and it's much higher quality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash Luxander if you want to contribute to that. Yeah. Also, you. if you want to give the podcast some more money, I had someone earlier asking me on Twitter whether we were going to do, whether we live streamed our recordings so they could watch them. And um, I said to them, if we get paid enough on Patreon, that could be a good idea. But right now, given like it's probably quite complicated to set up, and like there's time constraints of things, it's not financially worth it right now to like stream it live. But if we yeah, haven't...
0: like the, we would have the w- it's just the way that we would have to do that would be like basically I would have to create a room on my Discord server for us to talk in and then open up permissions for people to join the Discord call, like, that's, like, but they would be on mute, like, everyone else would automatically be muted. That's, like, yeah. the only way I can conceive of doing that.
1: Yeah, it could work if we have, like, people, I th- I'm gonna say, like, if you give us enough money we'll do it, but, like, I not yeah. gonna put a, I'm not gonna put a number on it because I don't know what that costs and I don't know how much effort that's gonna be. Tell us so, what you
0: think it's worth people in the audience how much money do will you throw at us to get live uh live podcasts every month
1: exactly and um so when i eventually put up my gofundme for my facial surgery which i probably will do as well don't don't think about that that's a different fund this is a different fund give us the podcast money and that money even though that money doesn't exist yet and i might not even do it but i definitely will um and get like paid nothing um yeah um so we usually ask for, like, we can, if you can follow us on, like, Facebook and Twitter and stuff. If you want to actually talk to my personal Twitter, because people have been doing that now, you can do that. That's at Jenga Jam. Don't ask. It's a Homestar Runner reference from ages ago. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even get that changed. I don't you know. You can.
0: Well, I might change it. <laughs> yeah.
1: This is my mission. It might not be that next time. Um, Transatlantic- so people are
0: getting in touch with you personally, though, for the yeah, podcast? It's, it's oh, happened. that's interesting. That's yeah. not really happening to me as much
1: well it's not happening to me that much but it's happened to me once and it's <laughs> enough that it was notable it um, okay. yeah it's, it's a thing I was excited um, hi fans um, fan um, yeah transatlanticpod at gmail.com transatlanticpod at gmail.com that's the email if you want to send us some questions um, we might answer a couple next week if it's 25 that'd be a good idea to do full review and a couple questions maybe um, send them in comments concerns um, corrections If you are a person of colour And you have something to add to this discussion Please, please tell us Because we would like your input Because it's a conversation we cannot contribute to With that respect yes. And as intersectional people um, That's important I think that's very important to me That we get these sort of voices out there And if you feel like you're a sort of person who like has ideas or a comment that you think contributes to the discussions we've been having here, please just let us know, and then we'll be sure to include it if we think it's well-reasoned and not, um, turf things. Mm. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, go patreon.com slash Luxenda, patreon.com slash transatlantic, and have a good day. Don't get hit by buses. Buy George Gad's music. Buy George Gad's music. Thank you very much. Um, George (laughs) Gad, Runaway, theme song. It's good. Um... He, I didn't run away from the bus. Um, no, that was a problem.
0: Not very successfully. It yeah. was PSA: Watch where you're going when you're crossing the street.
1: This is. If you learn nothing from this podcast, um, did you have? You didn't have this, did you? In the UK, there's a there's um, a series of of um, adverts for the Green Cross Code, where um, which basically just like basic road safety, and it involves a load of cute hedgehogs crossing a road, and they sang songs together, and. If you haven't if you're from America and you know what this is, please look it up. It's adorable. And if you're from the UK, just think of those and be the hedgehog. Be the baby hedgehog that you know you all can be. I believe in you.
0: Be the hedgehog.
1: Love mama hedgehog.
0: Alright. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> Bye. Have <fun>. Bye. With night on <laughs> your